Hey everybody, this is Rich. Um, I'm putting this really short bit of audio at the beginning of this week's podcast to say myself and Tax initially recorded this one about a week ago, right in the middle of the speaking out movement. Uh, we actually went on a rant for about 30 minutes at the beginning of the pod that I've cut the vast majority of it out. You all know it's out there. You know, if you don't Google um, Google the speaking out movement with the hashtag speaking out. So uh, I'm going to use this as a bit of escapism now. We're just going to jump straight into the podcast. I'm sure we make the odd comment here and there during the pod. But um, yeah, I want to take all the liable stuff out of the beginning, to be totally frank. Because uh, yeah, we went off on one. <laughs> it's unusual for me to edit anything, but I think this is the first time I've ever taken out like half an hour's worth of stuff. So yeah. Anyway, you guys take care of yourself, okay? Enjoy this podcast. Bye-bye. Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and I'm joined remotely by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hey, oh, buddy. I hate unprofessional wrestling. Fucking hell. For those that are listening to this in the future... Wrestling's uh, finished. Yeah, wrestling has had the weirdest two days of many, many people coming forward in accusations and... Of sexual abuse, physical, mental abuse, all sorts of stuff. By no means are we doing this podcast and ignoring what is happening in a much more important and larger scale in in this in this instance in the in the world of professional wrestling. Let's crack on with cleaning up British wrestling or wrestling in general. All right, let's move on to talking about this show. Um, We're yeah. going all the way to Puerto Rico. Yeah, I mean, so fucking hell. How do I change been? my mindset right now for what we've just done for the past 40 minutes? I would, because I, I anticipated Fuck. this. Go on. So I would, I would say, have you ever considered or have you ever been to Puerto Rico? I've not been to Puerto Rico. I'm assuming by your question that you have. Oh, God, no, no. But it's one of the places <laughs> that fascinates All me right. as okay. a visitor. It's, it's, it's like places like that and, and, and sort of cuba it's it's those those places which have such intrigue and such passion for their for the things that they love and i think having a pay-per-view in puerto rico which is obviously you know carlos cologne um territory really from back in the territory day um i mean really... i wouldn't say that's the most notorious thing puerto rico pro wrestling is known for no, but, yes, you know, but again, we're trying to keep it light rather than you know, murder yeah. immediately going into Brody's murder, yeah, sure. Um, but it's just can't believe that cunt's still walking around, by the way. Fuck that invader prick, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I had to get <laughs> try, out of my system. I'm, I'm, I'm trying very really best to moment. try and turn, the, turn this round. I'm but, trying, man, I'm really trying. <laughs> but WWE, this was the first and only time they have run a pay per view in Puerto Rico. This match, sorry, this pay-per-view was on the 9th of January, 2005, but it was the Coliseo de Puerto Rico, or the Coliseum, if you will. Okay, if you're going to do this intro to the pay-per-view, you have to name the pay-per-view as well, dude. I'm getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> it's in my notes. I've set the scene. I've set the date. All right, okay, go on in. Yeah. We are covering, from Puerto Rico, WWE New Year's <laughs> Revolution from 2005, a Raw-branded pay-per-view. The attendance was 15,764, and this was the fastest-selling event in the Coliseum's history. 
mate i know it was like fifteen thousand people it feels like a hundred thousand they are the noisiest crowd in the world they're amazing and it and we mentioned in previous pods about um the lack of signs in shows considering this is like mid uh well the 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 middle of the post attitude era run of wwe before they moved into i know for lack of better term the reality era (laughs) the number of signs they these guys were up for it it was the crowd are amazing man like every bit of them they're just so much fun the whole night let's face it there's some dog shit on this card but um, unfortunate dog shit you know stuff that could have been good that ended up bad for whatever purpose we'll get there in a minute leave maven out of this (laughs) but the crowd is so into it man they made it fun like yeah really really good um so i thought i thought for this pay-per-view I'd set the scene with some very, very brief notes to see where we are in 2005. So, obviously, we are in January 2005. We are mere months away from WrestleMania 21. So I'm doing the Wayne's World flashback thing. (laughs) Some storylines going into this show, uh, because, you know, we're heading into the Royal Rumble. So this is a bit of a throwaway pay-per-view as such, because, obviously, we're building up to the the big Rumble. Um, I wrote... Eugene likes making like likes pretending to be his favorite wrestlers. He um, does. Mohammed Hassan hates Americans, but most yep. more importantly, hates wrestling announcers. That's true. Yeah. I wrote that Especially Trish Stratus is evil but smoking hot. Yeah, weird one. Go on. And Snitsky is the best comedy evil villain in the uh, <laughs> in the business. Uh, Maven is heel. Great. Well done for winning. Tough enough. And uh, the last one was Triple H wants his belt back. <laughs> I mean, Triple H for a moment doesn't have the belt. It's unusual for 2005, isn't it? He had to boost the numbers of world championships <laughs> he's won, so he gave it away but took it back himself. Did you find this I, particularly difficult to find on the network, by the way? Um, no, no, it was quite quite easy. I looked so at old if um, you, extinguished pay-per-views, scroll back to 2005, which okay. I feel bad on the previous pods where I've mentioned and said, oh yeah, we love a cash-in. Got the wrong bloody year, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, I did as well, actually. I thought maybe that was this one, but it wasn't, obviously. Um, spoilers, but it's what it is. Um, I, I, w- I found that if you put in uh, WWF New Year's Revolution 2005 or New Year's Revolution 2005 or NYR 2005 or anything th- that is the name of this pay-per-view, it doesn't come up in the search. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Why have you got the search if it doesn't come up with the name <laughs> of the actual show? Like, you I mean, have to go 2005 and click on it, you know, but I mean... As well as. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. You can t- tell based already on Rich's comment of hunting for it on the network how much quality mm. and discussion points you've got from this six match card. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got all this comedy shit to do, which is like you know, welcome to the white sandy beaches of Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, because it has this deep voice that repeats the last line. But I mean, it feels a bit trivial doing it now, you know. At least it's still not like um, Primo and Epico selling timeshares. Oh, God. <laughs> what was that idea? I mean, a rib or Vince just going, these guys sell timeshares, right? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That was bad, isn't it? So, I, I mean, mean, this was a bad time. It, it starts out like one of those segments you were talking about where they're just advertising Puerto Rico, essentially. And then this distorted sound happens and the majestic mountains and the horror will be unleashed. And Hang then, on. What's Kevin Sullivan doing here? <laughs> I mean, it does kind of feel like that. 
because the voice from hell chimes in going the elimination chamber and fuck me sideways michael cole on commentary in the, in the fucking pre-tape and i'm like no please no please no in fairness though it's because they still use just the stock wording now where they're like over 10 tons of steel and over two miles of chains yeah, from the sure. disciples of apocalypse over ah. two miles of chains from the disciples <laughs> of apocalypse they've they unwound his intestines and they and made an elimination chamber with him <laughs> i mean fucking dragons though oh yeah love it the, the dragon graphic how much did they spend on animating this fucking dragon it looks like the, it's straight out of Lord of the Rings. It's so impressive. The, the, this again, high point of the pay-per-view. <laughs> the I mean, this might be the best thing, like visually at least on the show. I mean, lowering the cell is pretty cool with the lights and the dum 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 music. Like, I love that shit. But like this dragon, I remember seeing it and being like, holy fuck. And they cut into the arena and they set the whole fucking place on fire with the amount of pyro they use. It's amazing. <laughs> Oh, like we forgot the production mention... levels are bonkers. Go on, sorry, mate. We, f- we forgot before it men- went to the um, the video package that you um, to show you had Bischoff in the in there showing the effectiveness of like all the all the uh, the Hell in the Cell stuff, and when he really lightly yeah, tapped raw, the yeah. plexiglass, it's like, oh, don't want to accidentally crack it. <laughs> the bulletproof plexiglass that always seems to smash. You mean? Oh well, you know yeah. they are big boy wrestlers. Mm, indeed. So I mean. This set is insanely impressive. I thought it looked a lot like the WrestleMania 17 set. But yeah, I, I, miss the, I miss the days of de- decent sets for pay-per-views. The, yeah. That was one of the things when when we were younger wrestling fans. One of the lure of watching it. You know, I love the WrestleMania sets. Not so much this year because it was at the PC. But mm-hmm. the, the sets are what really get you in the mood for the, for a pay-per-view. And this was dynamite. There's three sets that always stood out to me. Um, the one was the one with all the ladders everywhere. Do you remember yep. that one? I don't know what show that was. I can't TLC. remember. Was it TLC? I remember that one being amazing where the whole set was made up of different ladders and shit. I think it was either Judgment Day or Backlash. It had that giant scythe that used to kind of yeah, swing backlash. back and forth. That was fucking awesome. And um, what's the other one? Oh, I had it in my head a second ago. Apart from like, you know, silly stuff like the Smackdown Fist, which is just awesome. But I really do miss it. Oh, that's it. The um the WrestleMania with the roller coasters. Roller coaster one, yeah. Oh, it's just the coolest set in the world. And you can understand why they've cut back on them because the cost must be insane. But uh, it does create these moments, like this visual kind of like awesomeness that I wish they'd go back to. It'd be really, really nice. I also think a little shout out to the, uh, I think it was Armageddon 99, where we had Triple H and Vince in the main event, where they had all like the guns set up and all the sandbags. I, I, I thought oh, that was quite a good yeah. set as well. Yeah, really cool, like a bunker almost. Yeah. yeah. Um. Again, signs everywhere. Thank fuck tax. Jim Ross welcomes us to the show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sigh of relief. We don't have to work with Michael Cole for this fucking Boo. bollocks. It's it's oh, thank you. It's only like two and a half hours. This show. It's quite short. Thankfully, did they cut something or was it just short? It was just short. Okay. I mean, it, it was it was a one match card. I mean, essentially, yeah, it's it's all about the main event. And the rest of it is fun show matches, but it does feel quite house show. I mean, yeah, what, hot, what WWE didn't crowd. feel house show at 2005, really, you know? Yeah, uh, uh, but this this to be made as a pay-per-view were, was an interesting one. So it's the first New Year's revolution that they, they ever did. And it's just when they yeah, were trying is, to expand yeah. their numbers to get a bit more money, mm-hmm. really. But yeah, sellout crowd. I I didn't get a 
total income from the gate for this. I couldn't find that anywhere. But if it's sold out and 15,000 people, I think, yeah, not too bad. Because we're now doing an audio podcast at this point, I'm going to cut to JR's intro. So there you go. Here's JR. And I'll put Jail's intro there, and we can carry on. <laughs> Don't forget to do it, because if not, this would have fallen short. <laughs> I mean, I might just leave it out deliberately, because it'd be funny. But, <laughs> <laughs> but JR is incredible. The crowd is so hot. It's just the coolest introduction ever. Like, I, I like a lot of commentators in wrestling, yourself included. Oh, um, thanks. It's all right. <laughs> That's genuine. That's not me just sucking up to you or whatever. But JR is is on the decline here. But he's still the fucking best. Agreed. This, it, it, can you imagine how bad this card would have been with Magal Cole on this? Yeah. It's just it's, there's moments that are, I've noted down a couple of them where anyone else is talking, and like the people on commentary who again we'll get to later are talking to each other, and then Jr. just kind of cuts in over the top of them and tells the fucking story, and the passion and the delivery he has. Fuck me, he's just so, so good. I, I sometimes forget how good he was. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, he went through a really tough period a couple of years ago where, like, he did the New Japan shows and we were just like, God, this guy's terrible. What is this problem? Sort of thing. But 2005, when he's come back from his belts of bell palsy and stuff like that, like, he's fighting against a lot of shit and he's doing such a good job. I just can't say enough good things. Sorry. The thing I, sorry, I was going to say, the thing I noticed about jr is he needs to be involved in a product he needs to be there he needs to have it and and as you said with the new japan shows he he wasn't there all the time he wouldn't be investing the story and jr tells great stories but he Mm. needs to be there week to week it's like with AEW, and again i'm not i'm not going to claim to watch it week after week but i love the fact that even now he will call out things like oh Aren't gonna, we're not going to bother taking an attack match, are we? And things like yeah. that. Which, unless it was actually just an elaborate nine-month setup for the revival to come in and tag <laughs> properly. <laughs> no, definitely not. The joyous freedom those three seem to have on commentary right now, like it, it makes me smile every week. It's really it's, starting to gel now. Obviously, Tony yeah. and JR have got great chemistry together, and and now Excalibur's getting to work with them more regularly. It's it's a really it's it's nice on the ears. It's just three friends having a great time watching pro wrestling and talking shit about it. And then they know when to turn it on and actually do the proper work. It's it's so much fun, man. I really enjoy their commentary. Anyway, our first match of the evening. The World Tag Team title match of Eugene and William Regal, our current champions, versus Christian and Tyson Tomko. What were you thinking when you saw this was the first match? Um, well, first of all, I thought, well, there'll probably be a title change. And second <laughs> of all, I thought, bloody hell, Tomko could have been something really good with that look, couldn't he? Absolutely, man. Uh, he was. He had some really good times, like his tag team with Giant Bernard in Japan. 
and, and again, his time with um, time in TNA with Christian yeah. and AJ was 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 very good. But what Absolutely. two things I noted which were f- quite fun, obviously, other than uh, as I mentioned earlier, Eugene was pretending to be a racist. I mean, sorry, fucking, he was dressed up as Hulk Hogan. Fucking um, Eugene, mate! Jesus Christ! There's a long conversation to be had about that. Um, and I love the fact that Regal was in classic Brit Ress like sports jacket. It's like his his he was like, oh, I can't really wear my Ribera jacket out to the ring, so I'll just wear this red sports jacket and do the the uncomfortable jog to the ring because I'm a face. <laughs> yeah, really weird seeing William Regal as a face here, but you know where it's going, you know. <laughs> yeah, there was a really nice moment. He's very at good the, at it, by the way. But yeah, go on. Sorry. At the start of this tag match, where um. Obviously, Eugene's playing the clumsy, the, the, sort of quite the clumsy, um, not so sure tag partner. And Regal basically turned and would go, don't forget to hold the tag rope. And I thought, mm. oh, that's nice. That's really <laughs> yeah. good. Um, are we going to have the Eugene conversation or do we not need to? I think everyone understands, right? Yeah, but al- also, um, again, take it what you will, because obviously it's from uh, Pritchard's podcast. Um they were saying that the Eugene character was based on a fan who visited them quite a lot backstage. Hmm. So they, they took some elements of that and genuinely consulted with professionals about doing the Eugene character sympathetically. Not so people <laughs> would take the piss out of him, but so hmm. it was a genuinely... Hmm. It's almost like he's on the payroll again. I know what you're saying. You're reporting someone else's words. It's not your opinion. I totally get it. Um, at least I fucking hope it's not. It's, it's, this uh, was awful. <laughs> it's a man mocking a mentally disabled person, essentially, by portraying one in every cliched bullshit manner he possibly can. Yeah. I, I mean, think Nick that- Dinsmore is an amazing wrestler, but this character, I have so many problems with i can't even begin to list them really i prefer it when he was it rinka king when he came out as a doctor yeah dr that's, nick that's hi the everybody nick. <laughs> hi dr nick that's that was the, a good um, character you know that that was the best nick dinsmore character outside of nick dinsmore and o, um ovw absolutely um, when it was good but I mean, we've already gone through too much of horrific things today, so I think we'll just say Eugene was a good in-ring worker and portrayed a character as best he could with what he was given. Hmm. So, um... Tom and Christian were good. (laughs) The old version of Christian's music is fucking great. Because that's that's the um, waterproof blonde uh, version of it. Wow, okay, is that the band? Oh, no, sorry, no, no, because that was it... I got, oh, sorry, my mind's frazzled because it was a while ago when I watched this show from my notes. Was that the where it's the operatic one, or was it? Because um, uh, he was Captain Charisma still at this stage, wasn't he? Um, he'd hmm. come back from TNA again. I watched this about two and a bit weeks ago, because so, <laughs> we've had a lot going on the past week yeah. of, in a bit. Uh, was uh, it beyond you know Christian? all the bullshit? Christian, yeah. no, oh, you're see, on your own. I see, that was, was good, but I, I thought you were talking about when he came back and um, was it like Close Your Eyes or whatever it was called. And the first version when he came back was performed by Waterproof Blonde, which was much better than the, than the updated oh, version. Maybe that is it. I don't remember. I'm sure it was great. So the crowd is super into it. They're so much fun. They're playing along with the heels and faces. You know, they're cheering the good guys and booing the bad guys. 
Ah, wrestling can be great when people play along, can't it? It's just, it's a really silly match. Yeah, but I mean, having having Eugene cock his leg, pretending to be Junkyard Dog, and pee all over Christian, and Christian hmm. selling it, that was that was good. Good chart, good crowd interaction for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with that character. I can't say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, Regal you know, bleeds in the nose. <laughs> it's funny. He's trying to. Pee, he's pretending to be a dog. Regal bleeds from the nose because it's 2005. It's William Regal. Of course, he's bleeding from his nose. Uh, Regal Tom. What's the altitude in Puerto Rico? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think that was the problem. (laughs) So, Regal, from his own words at least, uh, Regal Tomko collide out the corner. Uh, As a brilliant delayed hot tag to Eugene. Eugene legit injures his knee by the looks of it from a drop kick. He does. He puts Um, out his left patella tendon, and he's out for six months after this. So quick, call it in the ring moment. They all, Christian and Tomko kind of gather around Eugene and Tomko's trying to pick him up. Christian's going, leave him the fuck alone. Let's just work out what we're going to do. You know, it's lots of talking in the ring. Uh, William Regal is clever enough to roll back into the ring, lay there kind of vulnerable. So Christian and Tomko can pick him up and give him the clothesline out to the ring. Christian, very smartly, does not turn around at all. He slides out the ring away from the camera that he can't affect Eugene grabbing the tights on Tomko rolling him up for the one two three unveiling Tomko's bum to the world um but I mean this is like you know those those injury spots so it's like oh fuck this person's legit injured we've done the match pretty much let's just do a finish you know and they they did what with what they could with it you know crowd were really behind Eugene as well again yeah. agree Very or disagree forgiving. I mean you should disagree with the character but agree or disagree with the character he he was over in a big way. And that's the nice thing. I think, it, I say, if there's any nice thing that can be taken away from this, the crowd never took the piss out of Eugene. They were always backing him. They were always behind the character. Are we talking the whole career of Eugene? Are we just talking this moment? No, from start to finish. This wasn't like a Zach Gowan thing where people turned on him. Everyone was always into Eugene. Mm. I think after this, when he was out mm. for six months, that was Eugene Dunn. I think mm. he came back for the occasional appearance, but you know we're talking mm. like a two, three-month run, really, for Eugene. I think he came in in 2004 because he was Bischoff's nephew. I think that was the storyline that he was in there. But yep. again, Vince McMahon probably found it funny, which is why the product suffers today. It's the audience of one, isn't it? Tell you what, so, though, I'm glad there was an audience of one for what happened next. <laughs> well... One of the reasons, uh, this is a show I picked because uh, I did something for talk where the show was included. I remember watching clips of it and being like, oh, I remember this show being really interesting. It's the time period I really wanted to look at because no one ever really reviews these shows. And um, it's got a terrible reputation, let's be honest. From like, what, 2003 to 2010, people refer to it as almost like the dark ages of yeah. WWE. <laughs> Um, and uh, it's segments like this that I think kind of give it that reputation because this is meant to be PG era, right? It was uh, pretty gargantuan in my mm. trouser section. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, while in Puerto Rico moments, you know, lads on tour and all that. Fucking hell. Christy Hemi puts a towel around a young man's shoulders uh, and you're like, okay, yeah, good stuff. Um, it's our first moment. It's uh, yeah, one of many softcore porn moments in this show. Sets the scene. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Oh, so hang on, cut... it's Hogan's entrance. <laughs> <laughs> we, we cut back to Tomko and Christian, who are very angry. 
Uh, they bump into cool guy Edge backstage. Edge has a cunning plan for them. <sighs> what a cunning plan it is. JR and King get the next match over. Uh, King is so fucking creepy. How he still has a job and how he will continue to have a job after this, I cannot fucking believe. Well, he's been booted now, hasn't he? Because he's been replaced by Joe on commentary. Wow. Yeah, I'm hoping that's a permanent thing and not just a COVID thing. But, you know, Vince, and, yeah. Um, For our World's Women's Championship match of Lita, our current champion against Trish Stratus. What is kind of commonly known as the the scene that kind of brought women's wrestling back to WWE, I would say, these two. Yes, the fact they got to main event Raw and have some very, very decent matches. But mm. the storyline for Lita at this stage, it's dog shit. It's awful. Well, the actual quality of the video production is very good, but the content is, oh, jeez. So Trish is a mean girl. And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this is the Lita Kane rape miscarriage angle. I mean, the timing on my phone there. Fuck Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Jesus. Well done. Let so me well just done. mute that so that doesn't happen again. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, with everything that's happened in the past week, I don't even know what to say. I'm like... This, this is story terrible. Line was awful. So, considering what we had before this with the Eugene character, we've now moved in to a uh, rape miscarriage angle. Mm. Which it's difficult <laughs> to talk about right now. I'm going to be honest. Should we I, move on? I'm, 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 I'm going to move over it. But considering that Trish and Lita have had good matches before, now you've got the the slight tweak dynamic instead of of, of mean girl Trish and sympathetic babyface Lita. Mm. It did lead to um, a unfortunate blip by JR at this time, which again I think was you know completely acceptable because it's so unlike him. At this stage, I I picked up JR basically says that Lita will put her body and career on the line to defend this tag team title. Oh, whoops! <laughs> I, I mean, like, oh, we've all made that mistake, I think. But oh, I think he I hit was... him with the devastating ladder <laughs> when he's using a chair. You know, how many times has that happened? Round the head through the plexiglass, the bulletproof plexiglass. Hang yeah, on, sure, that's a lie. <laughs> I mean, they show the clips from the first uh, Raw Women's main events. It's just happened, right? Yes. Um, and I've just got to say, Lita, she needs a murder clown. She needs three murder clowns. I don't think even the real murder clown could have saved her from this spill. My Absolutely. God. If you uh, follow, uh, subscribe to Wrestle Talk, by the way, you may have noticed uh, murder clown being in every single one of the list videos over the past month. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's my doing. So there we go. I also have uh, put a few secret messages in some of these uh, videos, by the way. So if you're very observant, just go to see any of the list videos on Wrestle Talk. And see if you can spot stuff that relates to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Tax. What are the lyrics to Lita's theme song? Do we play it? So <laughs> 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 
Because that that's Boy Hits Car, isn't it? Or Boy Sets Fire. I always get those confused. Boy Sets I don't Fire, know, I think. I don't know how you know the names. Of these. these are just generic bullshit songs to me. I didn't realise these were actual bands and stuff. I assume it was just Jim Johnson with his guitar in his bedroom somewhere, you know? No, this was around the time of the forcible entry um, Careful now. stuff. Yeah, I think it was Boy Sets Fire who did it because Boy Hits Car were a semi-decent band. All right. So, what do you think the lyrics are? Um, I want to say, so fuck your rules, man! Wow, first time. So, this song says fuck in the first five, six, six lines of the song. Is it muted in the song? Because I swear it isn't. Yeah, it's, 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 you've got distortion, so it's, so fuck your rules, man! I mean, it oh, basically okay. sounds like an old deer falling down the stairs, so I think they get away with it. <laughs> Let's just go for this, uh, first verse. So, fuck your rules, man. You step off, you'll go down fast. I've got to release all the shit that has made up my past. So go grab your soul, dance, baby. Time to feel yourself at last. Unshackle your life spirit by a river from the past. <laughs> These lyrics Ooh, meaning. are unbelievably shit. It's great fun. Anyway. Which is why you can tell it wasn't Jim Johnson who did it. Because <laughs> <laughs> his lyrics are fucking great, aren't they? Um, there is, uh, there's a lot of cleavage on show in this match. Fucking hell. Um, Lita does I a Thez... Go on. I was going to say Lita going for a Thez press and blowing out her knee was the thing I was kind of <laughs> focusing mainly on on this one. Yeah, absolutely. So that happens, and she just twists her knee so viciously when she falls. I mean, it does seem silly to do a Thez press and stick your legs out when you're going from the apron to the floor. Dangerous, dangerous. How how would you take this bump? Just not do it in the first place? I, I, I'd never do that off off a ring. Yeah. Because you'll dive, right? Yeah. Ha- hands down. Yeah. This seems as soon as I saw it go for it, I was like, wait, that seems stupid. Cause your knees are gonna go on the floor. You're essentially jumping five foot onto your fucking leg. Trish followed this up by working the good knee, then the bad knee, so she switched knees. So yeah, of course, well played. Yeah. And so for our second match in the night, let's talk about how we're going to do the finish because Lita has legit injured herself. Um, skip to the finish. Chick kick by Trish Stratus after a bit of like Lita falling down, like trying to get to her feet. You can see she's really trying to like get through it. But yeah, she can't. It's chick kick uh, for the one, two, three. And new Trish Stratus. Uh, unfortunate start to the show, man. Two matches, two injuries. This, this shit happens. But with this um, caliber of show and this crowd... It's uh, it's it's, it's um, disappointing. It's sad, you know. Explains why again the show went a bit short as well. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So Docs and refs in to help lead her out of the ring. Um, yeah. Let's just move on, shall we? I mean, do, what do you think of the match? It's I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, it's very difficult to say. There's a, a three. There's a three and a half minute match, and uh, Lita's entrance music is rude. Yeah. So our second while on holiday in Puerto Rico segment, uh, Maria Canellis is wearing a bikini. <sighs> my, my note is Maria in bikini. <laughs> yep. Edges backstage. <laughs> That's uh, the caliber of segment we're going for at this point in 2005. Interesting time. So, Bischoff and Edge. Backstage, Edge, Edge's cunning plan is coming to fruition. Edge wants Christian to take his spot in the Elimination Chamber match, but Bischoff says no. Not so cunning in, <laughs> in the end, it would seem. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> There is one really cool production bit here 
where as Edge leaves Bischoff's office, the camera follows Edge out the room like a proper cinematic camera move, you know? The camera then follows Edge down the corridor, who immediately bumps into Shawn Michaels in the referee shirt, and they have a a chat about respecting the ref and such. But, like, that little moment of going from one scene to the next and having a continuous kind of story through that, that's really cool. Can we adopt this, please? This is really fun. They must have had, like, a trainee in who came with an idea and there's Vince like, ah, oh, just leave it be. And then when he watched that segment back, and thought, this is too... Just, <laughs> he sat back and sucked from his butt and went, we make movies, pal. And he was like, okay, great, I've made you a movie. <laughs> That's not a movie. Get me Maria in a bikini. That's like, a movie. All right, Francis Ford Coppola, put your camera back in your pants. You know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so next up is our Intercontinental Championship match of our current champion, Shelton Benjamin, Yay. Ain't against... no stop to me now. <laughs> exactly. I've literally that's the first one I've got against hmm. Maven. Yeah. The man's so good they named him once. A guy the Undertaker put over, let's not forget. Not not like fucking Hulk Hogan and Billy Kidman put over. He literally pinned the Undertaker. <laughs> a hardcore former hardcore champion, Maven. And this is how they should be. Who isn't have a hardcore champion enough. for fuck's sake in this time? I think everyone's held that belt in two thousand five, right? Like the twenty four seven belt now. I've held it three times. <laughs> Almost made enough about what I'm doing now. Thanks for that. Um, So, yeah, so Maven's now heel after his tough enough victory. They're actually utilizing him. And in (laughs) fairness. (laughs) Sorry. Just the concept of utilizing Maven. I'm like, God, he's terrible. But go on. But now now they let him have a mic and he's just god awful at what he's doing there. (laughs) It's a, a, a very dislikable heel. Yeah, sure. So um, he he rings of, he would make a good baby face. Oh, that didn't work. Should we try him as a heel? You know, we make um, movies, pal. <laughs> Shelton has really, really got that mid card baby face fire thing going on, and it it kind of works for him. But this feels like role reversal to me. It feels like the other one should be the face, and Shelton should be the heel. And I don't know. Maven Maybe never just... worked as a face. They never accept him as a TV show winner. I think it's when you're given the big money contract in inverted commas for the tough enough victory to then have the fans welcome you in. Considering they, this was a time as well that you're having more internet smart fans. In case this guy hasn't paid his dues. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, as as I'm thinking more about how this match works out and how like Shelton Benjamin's career went, I think for me it's I'm I'm I think of him as a natural heel because how much I like that golden standard character. Um, just for that, just for the die job alone, yeah, absolutely. And the way he carried it on and his matches were fucking excellent. Like we all know how talented Shelton Benjamin is as a professional wrestler. Like in that, the ring. that Shawn Michaels Shelton Benjamin on Raw match was oh. still one of the best matches. The, the oh, springboard the, into the super kick, like that just set yeah. up like a whole a whole generation of movesets, you know? And yeah, as you said, he he was really good. And then they dropped the ball when they bought him bought in his mama. Yeah, there's lots of stuff that's very, happened very badly about his career and shamefully so because he was very good at that. Give my mouthpiece to good specials. We've talked about it many times. But in, interestingly, um, as we mentioned, sort of the bringing in the mother gimmick, why has any why does anyone ever think that works. So Beaver Cleavage and his mum, that never oh. worked. 
I'm watching old nitros now. I've got past Starcade with the um the the stun stick, and now Raven's mum has now let the cameras bring take him home because of his therapy. It's all down here from now, mate. <laughs> that, I know. Fuck, I said that, it wrong. Down downhill from here. That's why I'm excited about. It. But even like Judy Bagwell on a pole, there's mm. no. If you bring in someone's mum, it's not going to end well. Or if you bring in someone's dad, like John Cena Senior or Miz's dad or Zack Ryder's dad, they're just going to get popped, and that's it. It can only work when it's super comedy, super silly. Any sort of seriousness, it just it feels so contrived and dumb. Especially if they're why, not an actor, you know. Which is why Beaver Cleavage having his mum there is the only one that's ever worked. <laughs> I mean, how fucking creepy do you want to get? Like that's so <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I mean, um one thing I would say is Maven looks absolutely jacked here. I remember him as quite a skinny guy and he's not he's hench as fuck. I don't know whether he's on the juice or whatever, but yeah, he looks massive. Yeah, in, in comparison to how massive Shelton looks now, as well, because mm. yeah, he's bulked in a big way now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's still under contract, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he was. Um, he was being teased to be part of MVP's faction, I think, recently yeah. on Raw. I don't know why they keep dropping the ball with him because he seems like a guy you could put in a faction or a tag or something and just just let them wrestle every week. You know, don't 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 dump the mic in his hand, but just let him wrestle. You know. Anyway, that would so, be um, the benef- then that'd be the benefit of him with MVP. Yeah, absolutely. And Bobby Lashley's so fucking good right now. Like I want I kind of wanted him to put the, the belt I wanted them to put the belt on him against Drew, but you can't take the belt off Drew right now. He's he's way too good. And Give me Lashley Lesnar at SummerSlam though. That's what I want. It, it feels like it. Yeah. So um let's come back to this. So with Maven and Shelton, it definitely feels like both lads need experience in two thousand five, as you might expect. They've got the how but not the why yet. They can do with that, the yeah. Yeah, they can do all the moves. But they don't know why they're doing the moves, you know. Uh, the crowd are wild. Uh, Maven wishes he had this sort of heat in America because he's really fucking over as a, as a bad guy. Um, Maven grabs the mic and a chair to stand on. Um, the promo with this generous crowd might be Maven's WS like, best moment ever. If you'd not seen Maven before, you'd suddenly thought, who is this hot heel? He's mm. getting such a reaction. Yeah. I bet he wishes he was this over everywhere else because I never remember him getting any sort of reaction even close to this. Crowd he doesn't get so this generous. reaction now in his day job, which I think is either a teacher or a police officer. Yeah, fair play to him. So uh, Maven sometimes, uh, sorry, Maven says something to this crowd in Spanish, I think at some point, which is like, he's even multilingual. He probably could have got him over somehow. But anyway, he tries to walk out, <laughs> runs back when the ref gets the eight. And you're like, um, okay. Maven slides in the ring. Shelton rolls him up for the one, two, three. And that is your match. So, two injuries at the end of the matches. And they're like, yeah, go out there. Roll up one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Good dance, good lads, good lads. No, don't, don't, don't have a match. Don't, don't have a match, whatever you do. Like, I understand the booking, but under the circumstances, you've been like, just go give us 10 minutes, you know? Maybe. But don't forget the problem they've got is that they've, as they've got the brand split now, they've got all of their main event and mid card talent in the main event. <laughs> so they're like, oh yeah. shit, um, we can't really trust Maven to wrestle a match. I mean, could you not just get like I don't know Vince out to wrestle Shelton or something? Can we not just make up a story quickly? Vince can take a bump, you know. <laughs> I would love to see Vince McMahon now take on Shelton. 
<laughs> trying to do the super kick show and jump us <laughs> off the rope i mean there must be an agent who has their gear or can get a pair of trunks or something if we can't trust raven to do a 10 minute match without calling it beforehand there must be someone back there we can trust you know yeah let's just but... give us some wrestling that's all i'm asking for it's, it's not that complicated oh fuck go on sorry but yeah as you said you know quick quick six minute match where one minute was in the ring (laughs) (laughs) so even post-match maven is doing lots of talking he wants a rematch straight away maven goes it appears we've sorry let me just get this right it appears we've not just got one women's champion we've got two and i'm like that's a pretty sexist fucking line to say dude what the fuck like it's pretty mean and then vince's favorite chant Vince's favourite chant. So that's why Maven got a second title shot. Yeah. I mean, Maven says this line to Shelton of you don't have any huevos, as in his balls. Which leads to our next match. An Intercontinental (laughs) Championship match between Shelton Benjamin and Maven. Uh, T-bone suplex. One, two, three. Shelton wins again. Fuck this company. Sorry. (laughs) Shelton wins the war to settle the score. (laughs) One epic. So... I, I I do wonder because they had the injuries if this was an audible and they were going to go and do it and Vince like you need to play for time so he's going to do this <laughs> do the match and then twice. you're going to have a second match. <laughs> I honestly I thought Shelton would come back in we'd be given a ten minute match and then, it's like when he just does the team and he's like one two three I'm like okay yeah how long have I been sitting watching this show now and not seen a fucking solid finish of any sort it's like ah. I mean, it's not their fault entirely injuries happen and stuff, but, you know, as a show, it's uh, it's not exactly filling me full of joy at this point. No foreign objects or nut shots yet, though, so... True, we good. are out of the Russo era, at least, you know. So our That's third... Right. Oh, God. Well, I was going to say, the, 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 you know, at least we got a reward after was a bit more softcore porn. Uh, our third while on tour in Puerto Rico scene. Candice Michelle rubs oil on Christy Hemi. What a lovely friend. You don't want to burn. That sun looked warm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure it's sun cream lotion she's rubbing on. It looks like she's rubbing baby oil on her, which has a different connotation. No, that was definitely just for UV protection. Yeah, cool. Umaga and Vince protection. <laughs> disgusting like it's all i could think of i was only thought quick think fast the wrestling begins with you and i thought undertaker <laughs> no one would believe that <laughs> so jr gets over the next match as a day's maven wonders behind him You're like get out the fucking shot douchebag anyway so flashback uh muhammad hassan beats up jr on the king on raw um so Let's just talk about the next bit as well. So, Muhammad Hassan does a backstage interview with Todd. What's his name? Grisham. Grisham, Grisham that's the one. Thank you very much. Um, let's have a conversation, shall we, about Muhammad Hassan. So, it's an Italian-American portraying <laughs> an Arab character. An Arab, let's face it, terrorist character. Um, What, four, four years after 9-11? Yes. Which they filmed a segment with terrorists and broadcast it on the same fucking day as the terrorist attacks in London. Um, 
Well, yeah. no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. No, no. There, was, there was a timing. There was a timing difference. They had already recorded the ending because the, the, the segment you're talking about is where Hassan was in a feud with Undertaker and Davari made the ultimate sacrifice, etc., and was being mm-hmm. carried out at the end as a martyr. Well, uh, you skipped a couple the, of bits there. So <laughs> I only know this because we did a bit of wrestle talk about it recently. Mohammed Hassan is standing on the outside watching Davari get beaten up by the Undertaker. He then goes down on both knees and begins to pray as fellow terrorists <laughs> come running out to attack the Undertaker. I mean, so praying to a terrorist god? Is that all we're going with? Is that the character? He's <laughs> still there. Yeah, but there no, no, regardless of the stupidity of the actual angle, what they were doing four years after 9 11, mm. the, the, the point you were saying that it was broadcast in the UK, that this was filmed before the terror attacks, and then someone didn't bother informing UPN and Sky Sports to remove this. Yeah. You would have thought that WWE to, were to blame for that bit. You know, yes. like, oh, I think it is their responsibility. UPN. Quick question. Uh, we know we've given you the tape to air at, you know, on Friday nights. Could you possibly just edit out this this thing? Yeah. And then, But the excuses have always come back going, oh, well, they already had the tapes locked in, and back in those days it was difficult to do it, so they just aired it. Yeah, that's not an acceptable excuse as far as I'm concerned. Um, like There is a, definitely an element of that was a bad mistake and those things happen. I'm in production. I have been my whole life. It's um, it's it's uh, Sometimes things get broadcast. You accidentally do things that happen. You leave bits in an edit, whatever it is. That are it's mistakes. like that part earlier in this podcast when you said you played JR, JR's <laughs> commentary and you forgot to put it in. I'm definitely not putting it in now. Just for this <laughs> Um. But like, yeah, I do feel they have to take a brunt responsibility for that. But bigger than that moment just in itself, this whole character, it's 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 not nice. No, and this is the issue you have with WWE and their booking of the foreigner, the foreigner heel. We've seen mm. it with Slaughter, we saw it with Shake, we've seen it with every single nationality known to man, Ludwig Borger. Rusev. So it's just to clarify, you can be a foreigner and be a heel. That's okay. It's the cliched bullshit of <laughs> just racist fucking shit, basically, is the problem, you know? I am very much surprised they didn't do something stupid like this with Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Uh, I bet Vince tried. I bet he fucking tried. Oh god. Yeah. But the, the, you know what? What a great way to try and get your evil terrorist character over than attack an old retired man and a man who suffered from Bell's palsy to get yeah. your heel over. Exactly. These you know, bastard, evil Italian, <laughs> Arab, Islamic terrorists <laughs> beating down these <laughs> fucking old white dudes. Like, I mean, that's that's so. In in the backstage interview with Todd Grisham. Hassan makes some, let's be honest, fair points about racist abuse in the WWF. <laughs> the crowd are doing the Austin what? And I'm like, oh no, we're in this time period. And thank God this crowd aren't so bad. They don't just go what after everything everyone says, which happens. No, they say, they say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Divari jumps in for the, a bit for this promo. Hassan is a decent promo, to be fair to him. I think the guy had so much potential, just not, not as this fucking character, you know? He um, had really good acting chops, didn't he? Yeah. This, this promo goes on way too long, to be fair. It's like a solid four or five minutes, isn't it? It was long. It yeah. went long. So, the match that we're going to lead into is Mohammed Hassan with Davari, who's got a first name that I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Is it? Oh, go on. Can you do it? No, I, I've just written Davari. Yeah, they've gone for like a generic Arab name, which um K-H-O-S-R-O-W, however you pronounce that. Yeah, so it's Koshro Mah- Davari or something like that. I think so, yeah. Um, anyway, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> Not as bad as when TNA referred to him as Sheikh Abdul Bashir. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So Muhammad Hassan versus Jerry Lawler, Peter, uh, with Jim Ross in his corner. Um, because, you know, Muhammad Hassan's been beating up commentators on Raw prior to this. So immediately. The music kit. I haven't seen the Muhammad Hassan match for a very long time. I've watched a few segments and done a few bits for my job, but when his music kicked in, I was just like, "Ooh, this is very on the edge of decency." I think you're being very polite. Mm, I'm trying not to just be too reactionary after everything I've said at the beginning of this podcast, but oh my, this character! This, this character was just. I, I just I can't imagine what goes through the the frame of mind of Vince McMahon. And the thing is <laughs> Mohammed Hassan I'm a racist, I'm a racist, I'm a big fat racist. Racist, racist, racist. <laughs> I think is pretty much how it goes, right? Trump, 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 Trump. Yeah, fucking <laughs> um but you know, he's Hassan was a, a decent worker that he had good acting chops. And once again, this is an opportunity for WWE in a time where there were, and has still been through all the, since 9-11, tensions with American people, how they react to people of, of, of Arab descent. And they've basically gone here and they could have gone, we could have a really good, very technically proficient baby face or we'll make him be a terrorist. <laughs> Our Italian-American friend over here, you know, yeah. Like that Canadian Indian who won that world title before. (laughs) So, JR leaves the commentary position to walk Lawler to the ring. Um, No one is on commentary. And I got a bit worried at this point, Tax. I was like, don't you fucking dare wheel that cunt out to commentate this match. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, it's silent. Okay, it's silent so far. It's still silent. As the match is going on, I'm like... There's still no commentary. There's no Michael Cole. This is awesome. <laughs> I got so worried. Best commentary of the night, this match. <laughs> Michael Cole's greatest ever commentary ever. Because he wasn't fucking there. So um, I just want to throw in, Michael Cole has got a lot better. I still don't like him, but in his early days, and even now in 2005, he's fucking trash. So only Vincent Mann's WWE could a person fighting for racial equality be the heel Versus the old white racist kitty fiddler. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Shenanigans are plenty. Not those kind. <laughs> Wrestling kind. Lots this, of... this was Memphis classic, this. Power slam pose. <laughs> power slam pose. <laughs> and because it's 2005, even this incredibly forgiving hyped crowd are like, boring, <laughs> boring. And rightfully so, the match is fucking shit. It's oh. a good thing. 
if you haven't seen a Muhammad Hassan match, if you're thinking, I wonder what submission hold they're going to give this man to put on Jerry Lauder at some point during this match. Oh, that's right, the Cobra Clutch. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Weird. Very weird. I guess I guess slaughter was the term they used, not the betrayer. The um, He was a sympathizer. <clears throat> that's the word. Thank you very much. So there's some history there, I guess. Hmm. Doesn't justify much of it, does it? So um yeah, Hassan does all the bad guy foreigner holds. Lawler hulks up, even though he's not Hulk Hogan. Brother. Crowd are super into the old school shit at times, popping for every pop at the end. Um awesome kind of cowardly Davari spot. There's the Benny Hill running around the ring stuff. I thought that was funny. I had at this stage when the the running around the ring happened, I thought, do you think that because Lawler was quite a big name and did some exchange work with um with with WWC oh, did and Memphis. He? Okay. I wonder if they, I wonder if WWE was sensible and books him because they thought he would be a name that they would pop out for. Yeah, cool. Just for those that don't know, because that's that's a bit of a rarity. It's the World Wrestling Council, isn't it? It's the main promotion in Puerto Rico. Yes. Which is run by Carlos Colon. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, if he did work down there, then that that would make sense. I didn't know that. But this um, match is dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has some pops. They get the crowd at moments, but the vast majority of it is is mm, it's not great. Um, as you might expect from someone who's very green and someone that doesn't really care at this point in their career, I suspect. It wasn't wasn't great. I I think he had worked a little bit down in. Um, I can't remember if he was deep south or um OBW. Uh, but yeah, he didn't have much experience. So put him in with Lawler. Good idea to guide him through a match and for some pacing. But I think Lawler just went very Memphis for the pacing side of things because this was a very dull 11 minutes. Yeah, and he probably realized um, Hammond Hassan's limitations as well. So you can see why and how and stuff. I'm not blaming the two guys really for the, the caliber of the match necessarily at this point. It's um, you got to give him some leeway. Um, the match but, but this is the match that turned the crowd. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. They, they were very, very generous up until this point, and less so for this match, even though they do pop for the end bits. Uh, Flatliner thing by Hassan for the end, for the one, two, the three. downward spiral from stolen from Edge. There we go. And every other wrestler. <laughs> the one, two, three. Oh, it's like a reverse Flatliner, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, so Mohammed Hassan wins. Um, Hassan is bad here. That's my only note. And there we go. And it wasn't long after that he was killed off. Yeah, the Literally killed Undertaker off judgment. beats oh, him and then power bombs great... him through the stage, doesn't he? That's one. Was it Judgment Day or Great American Bash? Uh, oh, no, it doesn't matter. He's dead. It's Great American Bash, I want to say. Was that? Uh, there's two pay-per-views after this, and he gets written off on the second one, which is, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before the 7-7 stuff. Because there's also oh, a SmackDown we... pay-per-view in that time as well, which is a bit weird. Like It all kind of gets a bit mi- mixed up there. Yeah, UPN banned WWE from having Mohammed Hassan on their TV show because um, it obviously showed it after the the seven seven bombings, and then the pay per view after that is when the Undertaker killed him through the stage. I only know this because I just did a bit of work on it. They encouraged WWE to not feature Hassan on their television show, is how they phrase it. So there we go. <laughs> and I gave you the literal business meaning: do not use that man. Yeah, yeah, that's literally what they said without saying it, you know. Um, so well at least publicly <laughs> Todd last name backstage with Drax the Destroyer 
Uh, do you get that joke? No. You don't watch movies, do you? There's there's literally, I guarantee everyone listens to this pod got that joke without you. You fucking loser. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> oh, be a star. Um, so Batista plays Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is very, very good. You should see uh, it's it. It's a comic film, yes. Mm. Saying that makes it seem it's significantly worse than it is. It's hilariously fucking brilliant. The first two are really, really good. I can highly you recommend You know what a good movie is? Moneyball. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, what's that thing? Um, was it Bruce's Millions? Is that the name of the film? No idea. I very Why am I asking you? You don't watch films. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> <laughs> so Randy Orton interrupts Big Dave's promo straight away. And the caliber of acting is fucking terrible. <laughs> what are you doing here? It's, it's Hogan levels of it's not hot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's it's mm, it's not hot. <laughs> like Anakin star oh, fucking crappy acting is ruining movie, you know? So and it, oh, you don't get that joke either, do you? You a Star Wars nerd? No. Fuck man, get my you need to start watching movies. We need to do a podcast where we just watch movies. I need to have time to watch movies. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, once we're retired, I'll tell you what, I'll do you a fucking bargain. Once we're both retired, let's start watching movies and we'll do an old man podcast about reviewing shows, yeah? Amazing. I still like it to be in this format. So the young kids who've got their holograms and everything like pitched directly <laughs> into their brains. Oh, we're already doing audio headphones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not going to do. De- we're not going to be doing interfacing. We're not going to do uh-huh. data transfer. This is it. <laughs> Existence and stuff. Yeah. Do you get that reference? Yeah, I understand that. Ah, oh, you got that one. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go player one for the modern generation. It's the same movie, just a lot better. So uh, Orton sows the seeds of doubt into Batista's head about Triple H. We'll get into why once we get to the match. Orton also uh, was carrying like 40, 50 pounds of water weight on top of this. So dude, they must have been like, bulk up, Randy. The fucking roid use in 2005 is terrifying. When you see Triple H later, and he's the same person with just this giant roid belly sticking out the bottom. You're like, this is not subtle, guys. Really, it's terrible. Everyone loves Triple H's roid belly. I mean, I know we're joking about it, but fucking hell, man. People died from this shit because of all this abuse they were giving themselves, you know? Like, it's fucking terrible. So, um, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Orton's acting is generally okay. Like, he's green, but he's great. Batista, considering he's a professional actor now and quite a good one, fucking hell. He's more wooden than a fucking piece of wood. So, <laughs> look at that fucking intelligent simile. Look at me. So, oh no, oh no, Jonathan Coachman and his very red shirt are here to join JR on commentary. And oh no, he talks and he talks. JR threatens, go on. I was going to say, did you catch JR's line as Coach came out? JR threatens to deck Coach. Then JR isn't sure what the cam what side the camera is outside. Blah, 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 blah. Then uh what wait, I didn't catch the line. J- JR basically says sometimes it goes from bad from worse. I've not had a good week. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that line. I was reading my notes thinking, I must have written down whatever you're mentioning, but no, I didn't write that down, so that's great. So JR isn't sure what the camera outside is looking at. And he goes, Oh, it's a palm tree. <laughs> what? It's weird because the camera's doing a little close up on a palm tree, and JR literally is going, What? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 
And he goes, we are here in San something. Coach cuts in and goes, it's San Juan, Puerto Rico, JR. <laughs> so funny, man. <laughs> JR just has this moment of just like, I've just been in a match. I don't care about this right now. Oh, JR's so like, antics funny. are threatening to beat the shit out of Carl. You, you're looking at it going, uh, I'm pretty sure that that was one quarter work, three quarters shoot. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. It's all right. It's pre-main event time co-main event if you will a whole <laughs> video package about Lita's miscarriage jeezy crazy oh no it wasn't my fault Snitsky gimmick he sells beard oil now Snitsky <laughs> <laughs> not the comment I expected to hear back from you today on this particularly I mean, he's he he earned his WWE money. Um, hmm. Maybe some action figures <laughs> are made for him, and then he's invested it in his mum's basement. Great, good on him. Um, this whole story is super fucking rapey. This this was a time where Kane was getting some really really bad storylines. Ah, <laughs> oh, Katie Vick. Yeah. Um. So the match, oh no, is Kane versus Gene Snitsky. Um, so I'll just run through my notes. You stop me whenever you want to, okay? Snitsky's music is pretty metal. Um, oh no, unmasked new metal sing-song theme tune Kane. Maybe the worst version of Kane, I would suggest. Was that the Finger Eleven um, entrance theme? Again, I don't care which bands made these songs. But it's the Which is bizarre because you've only got like ten fingers and thumbs. <laughs> Stupid bad <laughs> name. But I or he was pretending to be Travis Banks and Finger Eleven. Oh wow. Wow. That was a good fucking line. Buried the cunt in one big move. Well played, sir. So I don't know where to go from that. Fucking hell. <laughs> so there is a heated stare down to start. That's because Kane's all fire and brimstone. Of course it's heated. Kane fires up pretty quickly into the match. <laughs> yes. You could say Kane burns through his moveset pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, the, the <laughs> he lit up quickly. <laughs> um, just as a in parentheses here. Snitsky takes the Pillman backdrop spot on a concrete floor. What a fucking madman. Jesus Christ. That's okay. the, hard, the hardest part of the arena, that. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, yeah. Like, I, Why would anyone take that spot? It's fucking ridiculous. You know the same spot that Austin used to do for people that don't know? You know, you go for a, a, a pile driver or a power bomb, whatever, on the ramp or the concrete floor in this case, but the person backdrops you instead. It's, it's a fucking awesome spot. It looks so good and the sound of your body hitting the steel ramp sounds amazing. The sound of Snitsky's body hitting the concrete floor is just yeah. like, ow, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. There's a reason there's fucking mats there. Anyway, um, moving back on <laughs> to my lovely puns. Uh, like a moth to the flame, <laughs> Snitsky <laughs> sees his opening when Kane misses a scorching clothesline off the top. He saw no evil. 
that's a, a movie. Sn- that's a movie. I tried. Well done. Well done. Yeah, I got that one. I've actually seen. Uh, have I seen that movie? I don't think I have. I know of it though. Um, it's not really a movie if it's made by WWE. So, <laughs> Snitsky ignites his hot temper. Oh, doubled. Kane is smouldering with frustration. Uh, Snitsky puts Kane into a bear hug, which leads Kane to fire up. The crowd is absolutely burning for Kane's smoking, sizzling, sweltering comeback spots. <laughs> synonyms uh, <laughs> the tinders of kane's comeback are snuffed out by a blazingly furious snitsky <laughs> i've still got like 10 to go hold on <laughs> but snitsky's hopes go up in smoke oh i'm done i'll stop doing the puns now but yeah that was a lot of fun i enjoyed doing that um that was there's more a match, fun than yeah. The match yeah there's a reason i wrote those rather than watching the match there was um, a nice bow and arrow in the match though that was sure. a good hold I was just looking at fucking thesaurus.com because, like, <laughs> I watched this as, um, yeah, something else happened that day. It wasn't all the stuff that's happened recently, but I was just like, I just don't care. Like, this storyline's horrific. Uh, I'm just going to write silly puns and hopefully add some joy into someone's life this fucking terrible week. I enjoyed it immensely. Well, thank you very much, sir. So, um, quickly, just to finish off what happened, the match is super back and forth. It's not like, you know, good guy bad guy usual shit um even though there is a solid good guy bad guy dynamic um kane hmm it's not the kane i know he's doing the whole white meat baby face fire up stuff like the blue eye shit it's kind of weird does not work no anything else do you want to say on this um i like the uh the suarez impression when he bites Kane, that was good. Oh, I was going with Tyson Holyfield because that's the more relevant reference ah. at this time. You fucking nonce! <laughs> Whoa, hang on, <laughs> hang on. I'm just letting out my frustrations with everyone else on you at this point. I'm sorry, I apologise. <laughs> yeah, that and, and this moment in time, that is not an accusation. Yeah, that's not probably. a word I should be using to actually people that Jesus. I respect. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I don't respect me. <laughs> no, I respect you a lot. You know that. I'm definitely not an Edler. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. Mate. Oh, I want to go on stories about Edler now, but let's carry on. So, goozles all around. Not with Edler. A Fight Club Pro giving you that 10 quid back yet from that other nonce. Uh, it's gone up to 100 quid now. Interest me. Uh, uh, 100 quid? Paid. Are you Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you didn't like let the name slip. Very well done, sir. Um, I'm just going to say the word know, allegedly though. 20 times here just to make sure we don't get sued. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> So, goozers all around. I'll use Matt Riddle's lawyer. He seems uh, definitely legit. Yeah, fucking hell, that print out. Oh, no, let's just carry on. Weird botchy boot spot. Kane sits up. Tombstone. Kane checks Nitsky's okay because Kane just dropped him on his fucking head. For the one, two, three, the winner's Kane. A surprisingly fun horse match, to be totally honest. Big guys. Do you think Kane said to things. him, that wasn't my fault when he dropped him on his head? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if there was legit heat backstage. <laughs> Yeah. I've I used mean, heat like five times. This 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 doesn't count, but go on, go on. I'm also disappointed you didn't throw in a Sunday night heat pun, but that'll <sighs> yeah. I, I used the out. word heat too many times. I tried to use different words the whole time. My favourite one, which I didn't use uh thing was smoking, sizzling, sweltering comeback. But anyway. Mr. Burns would be proud. <sighs> Thanks, mate. Um Yeah. Kane was one of the guys that actually scared me as a young person 
In 2005, it's almost embarrassing seeing where the character's gone. Well, his love interest had just had a miscarriage. So he's um, lovable baby face. <laughs> I don't know what to say. On the plus point, just so you know for the future, this was a better match than we got Edge and Kane. I think it was like, was yeah. it Vengeance later the, that year? I know I was taking the piss the whole way through it. The match is surprisingly fun. These are two big guys doing some cool spots, you know? Yeah, but the... Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. The promo for the Rise of Fall of ECW, one of my favourite DVDs I bought of all time from a WWE standpoint, uh, was promoed next. That was nice. I own three copies of that DVD. Uh, I, any reason why three? I bought one. My parents bought me one. And then someone else bought me one as a present for a birthday. I seem to remember oh, something nice. like that. One so, of yeah. the best DVD documentaries WWE have ever put together. I remember watching it being like knowing of ECW and I had like maybe four or five DVDs that I bought off tape traders and stuff like that. Um, you know, like the typical um, Cyber Slam stuff and like the sun, the um, not Sunday Night Heat, what's it called? 98. Heat, oh. heat Wave. Heat Wave. Hardcore yeah. Heat Wave. That's the one. Hardcore, yeah. That has like, you know, the the, the Japanese guys like Hayabusa and Shinzaki against RVD and uh, Sabu. Fuck me, that match. Anyway, um, yeah, amazing documentary. Can highly recommend it. Don't know if it's on the network. Wish it was. It, it is. Isn't. It is brilliant. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Great fun. There's so much stuff out there about the Monday Night Wars and ECW and everything now, but that was like the first of them. I seem to remember the Taz leaving part of that DVD was the part was like I had no idea that they all yeah. came out, and then the whole Mike Awesome thing definitely worth a watch. If you don't know the backstory, give it a watch. I might just watch that out of joy later because um, I definitely don't want to watch any modern stuff right now. So, Pedo Lawler is back on commentary with JR and Coach. Because um, what spot was next? Fucking hell. So, JR goes, let's go poolside from earlier today. Um, so, this is like all the other montages from On Tour, all kind of stuck together. Was yeah. this the same time that they were doing Girls Gone Wild? Um, I don't remember. Could be. Uh, am I describing this? Well, I, 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 I basically said we've got more bikini footage. Um, we saw some f- replays of the earlier bikini footage. And then Simon Dean turns up and Drinking says, out I'm Hollywood Nova. <laughs> <laughs> then shoves the guy in the pool. They all do a softcore porn chicken fight thing. I mean, if you really break this down, right? Is it, what's this got to do with any storylines? Well, lovely resorts available in Puerto Rico for the <laughs> tourist board for the colognes to sell at a later date. And also it's good that Rosie, um, sorry, the superhero in training or the shit, uh, got the victory here. Yeah. Did you also notice that like nearly, I would say everyone in these segments is not on this fucking show. Because they're on holiday in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Why are they on holiday Rico? in Puerto Rico? They're not on the fucking show that's happening in Puerto Rico. Bet None of this has any relevance. Rico. <laughs> right, so, okay, with all that established, so it's just wrestlers interacting with each other and not wearing many clothes, right? And we're paying to watch it on pay-per-view. So it is softcore porn. Yes. It's like there's no wrestling about this at all. It's literally porn segments. On well, a fucking on a PG 2005 WWE show. 
I, I, I would I would refute that claim. This was excellent. You don't think a chicken fight could be considered as a fetish? <laughs> d- d- depends if we're talking actual chickens or... <laughs> <laughs> they made a softcore porn segment and put it on one of their shows, which is still on their network. Like, where is their moral standards? Like, in any way, shape or form. See Eugene earlier in the evening. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, you wonder why all this shit happens now, and this is the standards that like the biggest company in the world are held to. It's I just had a I had a quick um just had a quick Google to see if I could find the uh the time frame where WWE did the Girls Gone Wild and this was a couple of years beforehand. But interestingly, yeah. apparently on the network there's something called Divas Gone Wild. <sighs> so I'll be watching that rather than ECW. <laughs> <laughs> and reliving WrestleMania two thousand. It's time for your moon. I don't have the energy anymore. Event of the evening. Main event of the evening. Cheers. Should probably let the professional do buffer. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should probably let the professional do that. You know, it's just like you get to do it like professionally, so I get to do it on our podcast. You know, <laughs> I usually uh, I can enjoy it. Next time I do commentary, I'm going to be shot for doing that. But you know, as I said, I'm, <laughs> I the 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 way the fitness is going at the moment, I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm, I say I'm feeling good. My knees torn to shreds and my shoulder i can barely move my arm but i will happily I take over your commentary position thank you for offering <laughs> <laughs> let's get on it at the next show no 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 that's that's not my thing anyway so um hey, we've done World... excellent commentary before in owe for that's that so. chris daniels that that um scu match i've I never not been... hear a bad thing said about that i've never been more nervous in my life but thank you very much mate i appreciate it. you were very very good at guiding me through that it was like you know an experienced Don showing me the way and not fucking abusing me. A rarity in pro wrestling, but thank you very I mean, much, it, sir. It makes Sean McMahon just look like a petty thief. Mm, <laughs> fucking A. So, time for your main event of the evening. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship Elimination Chamber match with special guest referee, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, uh, we'll go through the competitors first and we'll talk about this video package because it is fucking excellent. We've got Triple H uh, versus Chris Benoit, which is obviously an awkward one, but Chris Jericho versus Edge versus Batista versus Randy Orton. So, lots of white faces there. Just to put that out there. I mean, had someone Roddy Piper did it, there would be a lot more complaints. <laughs> mm. 2005, the era of white people at the top of the WF card. It really is. Vince McMahon's thought process here was, well, if you look at the Intercontinental title match, my statistics are all right. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. So the video package here, as I previously mentioned, is fucking incredible. Talk about how to tell a story, how to make you excited for something. This is one of those moments where JR takes over right before they start this, by the way. And he does such a fucking good job of making you actually care about this. It's just so, so good because um, Lawler and Cole, not Cole, Coachman, are talking bollocks to each other. And JR just goes, basically, shut the fuck up. Let's tell the story. And he's so good at his job. So video package wise, uh, in a champ- championship match previously leading into this, that also included Triple H and Randall Keith Orton. So um, glad you went there. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking. I was hoping you'd call him Randall Keith Orton. I do it occasionally. <laughs> Benoit had Edge in the crossface. 
Edge rolls back, kind of Piper Brett-esque, WrestleMania 8. Autumn was shitting in a lady's bag. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. And this time he's definitely been doing that. Yeah, I wonder whether he wiped him. Hmm, interesting. So <laughs> Benoit gets the three count in the match, but Edge tapped out at exactly the same time. So the belt is held up and is currently vacant going into this match. Evolution is still a thing, but an autumn-less evolution. They've had the spot where they raised him up on Batista's shoulders. Triple H does the thumbs down and Orton is now out of evolution, right? That's happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Good. So, but Batista won a match, meaning he'll be the last one to enter the chamber. So he's in his pod. He's the last one to come out. Uh, it does absolutely everything it could possibly need to do for this quite complex but logical storytelling. It's great. I, I love this. The whole build-up. The whole... As you said, this... Everything. Everything you want in a wrestling match to, to yep. f- from a hype standpoint oh very good as Norrie's dad would say <laughs> you going in so <laughs> presentation of the chamber lowering as I mentioned earlier with the flashing lights and the dum 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 music it's just instant goosebumps it's like I don't really care about this match it's a bunch of people I don't really like I like Jericho I liked Chris Benoit as wrestlers uh, the rest of them I could take or leave personally HBK's but, in there. Yeah, but not in the match. Like Ric Flair's in there. <laughs> like there's some really clever people, good wrestlers and stuff in this match. And like the other five uh other four, sorry, in in the match are um, good workers, like don't get me wrong. But they're just not my favourites. I think it's the simplest way to put it. Um, I don't think there was any favourites in two thousand and five, to be honest. Yeah. Um but considering I wasn't really in the mood for watching much wrestling this week, if I'm totally fucking frank about it. Uh, there's been a lot going on um i was i had a big smile on my face going into this absolutely loved it and it's not hurt by the fact that you cut backstage after this video package to batista triple h and rick flair doing this kind of pre-match promo in the locker room and they they play it off really well like the acting's terrible on batista's half especially but batista has triple h's back and he explains that and rick flair's like yeah i told you he's got your back and all this sort of stuff then and then Batista goes, Well, unless you get eliminated, that is. And you're like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> It's brilliant. It's super cheesy, but it works. This works again from a, the the face turn scene coming miles off. And this is where I will always say that logical booking and wrestling works as long as it's done well. And this slow burn to the Batista face turn to then face Triple H at Mania twenty one for the belt. It was one of the best face turns they've done. Hmm. I'm going to be honest, that Orton, Triple H, Batista, Edge kind of run is what turned me off from pro wrestling as a young man. Watching it back, it's really fun. It's really good. Are you ready for a semi-controversial comment? Again, because as, as you've probably seen as well, you know, we watched a lot of the um, some of the roars and bit around here. This is probably more enjoyable than the Attitude Era. Oh, 100%. I'm absolutely with you. With everything that went wrong on this show and the fucking dumbass booking on some of it, all of it's logical, all of it makes sense. There's there's continuation storylines. It's long-term. There's some short-term stuff just to kind of satisfy that need for gratification. It's, it's fucking great. I just Do wish they... they'd have more variation in caliber of wrestler. That's the only thing. 
yeah, had they had that, they would have been they would have had a lot more viewers to lose mm. in this century. <laughs> Absolutely. You think about this decade. Think about guys that we were watching in two thousand five on the indies. If they'd only bought like five percent of the good ones up and just put one or two in the main event, like, you know, a Nigel McGuinness, a Brian Danielson, a Samoa Joe, uh Chris Daniels, uh whatever, you know. And not just these generic, badly tattooed white meat fucking douchebags, you know? I could imagine this time with the Nigel McGuinness comment, had they bought him as Nigel McGuinness, it wouldn't have worked. But had they bought him in as Desmond Wolf with oh. that whole character thing they had going on, that would yeah. have been gold in this time for WWE. Like pre-head trauma and like all the stuff that came out in that documentary yeah. he made. Oh, man, he would have been so fucking good. Anyway, I'm back. I'm better than ever. <laughs> God, I love Bischoff's theme tune. I fucking love Bischoff as well. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, I know he's got a bad rep. and He's ruined a whole bunch of companies over the year. But as a character, I think he's one of my favorites. I love the way he talks. I love his, I think I'm better than everyone kind of persona. What Would do you, you say you enjoy his on-screen work better than Vince's? Oh. Oh. Bischoff is less cringeworthy. Bischoff, I believe. Vince, you know, is playing a character. Well, Vince Vince is just being Vince. Bischoff yeah. is a character that makes your skin crawl. And I'd say, looking back, and again, it's only because I, I thought of it when I was looking at some of these old Nitros and having the stuff with Bischoff and Flair and now looking at this with Bischoff as the authority figure. Bischoff, when he's hired as a character, has a lot of value to give people. Absolutely. I think Bischoff is one of those people nowadays that sits in his corner and defends himself a lot, uh, specifically on his podcast, things like that, um, which you can understand. Everyone wants to defend their own position. And I think he talks a lot of shit sometimes, to be honest. But um, Louis, he does WrestleTalk interviews. Um, he does all the interviews that we're trying to build up on a separate channel now. Um, Bischoff gave him nearly two hours of his time. That's a, He seems that's very a, gracious, doesn't he, for a man whose time is probably of a premium. Yeah. Most people give us at the most an hour. Usually it's about 20 minutes. Bischoff gave up two fucking hours. It's Eric Bischoff. He doesn't need to. He's not got a position. He doesn't gain anything from this. He did that because that was a nice thing to do. And I'm just like, that's super cool, man. It was a really good interview as well, actually. It's really funny. <laughs> Louis quite young, right? He's 19. And so the next day after, he was like, you won't believe what Bischoff told me on the podcast. I was like, what did he tell you? And he's like, he told me, right, get this. Sting was going to be the third man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we kind of all knew that, but like, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll semi segue that. And I was talking to um, Coach Wicked. Just want to throw out, I love you, Louis. If you listen to this, you're a good boy. Go on, carry on. Uh, I was talking to something like of, of the age range. I had a, um, I went and had a PT session with Matt as part of Setgo Gym um, last week. Then we went for a little walk round uh, up to Limcastle and we were talking about he'd posted on our group page what people considered to be the greatest decade of wrestling. And Jack Voltage, because he's a young he's a young lad, was like, 2010s did it for me. You had the breakup of the shield. It had everything. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, I'm such an old boy wrestler when I was like 90s. New Gen and yeah. Attitude Era. Yes, please. Uh, 95 WCW, please, all day. I could watch that just endlessly. It's so bad. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so bischoff comes out to do his usual pre-chamber this is my invention and it's dangerous speech uh it's great it's really really fun uh so I texted you about this saying, I think my favorite part of this show is the entrances coming into the chamber because yes. everyone is so fired up because they're like, look, this show's been pretty shit so far. Let's send these people home happy. And I feel like Vince maybe, you know, gave them the speech before going out there. It feels like if you do, if you send the crowd home happy i'll give you an extra three percent that's the speech <laughs> so the entrances entrances are super cool everyone's really hyped up and into it, including the crowd especially triple h he's so funny it's like it's all about the game and how you game it and all about the game and game game and game it but he gets in the cage and he's like shaking his head and jumping up on the cell and going ah it's like it's so much fun uh Orton is pre-Viper Orton. And so it's like the music popped me. And he's like, hey, nothing you can say. It's just, I hated it at the time, but watching it back now, it's kind of funny. I don't know. Did Awful you feel music. this? Awful <laughs> and so uh, you even get like the old kind of, sad depressing batista music you know but it's just really funny then it goes into like bang bang you're like oh this is nowhere near as fun as the new batista music you know god bless you saliva have you seen that clip of like uh, I think it's Austin Creed with uh, Breezango oh, or yes. someone when dancing to a Batista doing the the um, the machine guns? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Speaking of which, Batista's only got a little air machine gun and no pyro, and I was like, no, <laughs> the best bit. He kind of half does it, but he kind of goes rather than like da 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 da, da you know. Oh, big Dave. <laughs> Audio podcasts are weird, aren't they? So uh, Jericho announces, uh, is announced as being born in Manhattan, New York. Is this part of a heel character? I can't remember from the time. I did I did clock it as weird, though. Yeah, really strange. And um, it's a bit awkward. I almost forgot Benoit is here as well. Oof. We've talked about it before, but, you know, we don't need to go over it again, do we? No, not at all. It's a shame it takes a while for him to get eliminated. Yeah, because it's just awkward to see. I tried to forget about it, but it's difficult. Maybe I've just become immune this week, you know, to feel a bit numb as I was talking about earlier, but it's what it is. Um, I would say I'm feeling a lot better doing this podcast. I'm hoping other people are getting something from this as well. Uh, I think my lawyer might be getting a few letters. That's what they're going to be getting from this podcast. Yeah, it's worth it to improve our own mental health. Like I'm feeling a bit more happy and positive. Like taking the piss out of something I love rather than just being very sad about it, you know? Agreed. So Jericho and Benoit to start. Um, one of the things I kept thinking, as soon as I see these two guys wrestling, you're like, does anyone do this scrappy mat wrestling style anymore? Because I really miss it. Uh, Gulak and Dragon did it. Okay, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. I'd like to see more of it. Because it's something different in today's market. It's something that used um, 
with just one performer to have it as their match style. Mm. And then it's also a good test for the other wrestlers to see if they can keep up. That's why it was always good having Regal giving people these matches to see if they could hang with him. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Goldberg one. It's always the one that comes to mind. God, that was awful. <laughs> but brilliant. When you know what's happening as a, an older person sitting back and you see Goldberg trying to do all his spots and Regal's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a good man. So, Benoit and Jericho are doing their thing. They're doing this kind of cool, scrappy, Kurt Angle-esque wrestling spots. And you realize how good they both are. They were fucking amazingly talented. But then Benoit takes a step back. And because you haven't had any strike exchanges to this point, when he lands that first chop and it echoes around this huge fucking arena, you're just like, I don't know about you, but I was actually holding my chest going, oh, ow, 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 ow. It's got so much effect, you know? The redness from the just that one chop mm. winced. And it's like you only need to do two or three of them and it just does everything you'd need. You know, it's not this like they're what's beating important the shit out of about, each other. Sorry, I was, I was going to say, the, this fine. is what's important about any sort of Jericho and Benoit interaction. Because they go for that scrappy mat style, when they do these strikes, it means more. Yeah, and that's why the crowd pop. If they just started doing as they all, you know, collar elbow punches, everyone's up for it for about three minutes, and then it the match falls flat. Yeah. Whereas if you build it like they did here for the like the, the first, well, for the first ten minutes till Triple H came out, it, it was really enjoyable to watch. Absolutely, man. Until Triple H came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benoit and Jericho basically cram about 25 minutes worth of wrestling into this first few minutes they do so much in this time but all of it has logical um purpose and it makes sense it's really really good um the clock counts down and the fans count down in spaniel it's fucking great <laughs> um then triple h is the next person in he comes in does his spots as you might expect if there's stuff you want to mention here please interrupt me i'm just kind of skipping through no, far away point. edge comes out next after that um they start to do the the classic, hell, not hell in a cell, the elimination chamber bumps onto that kind of metal gridding around that surrounds the ring. It must be so much nicer now. They've changed the cell structure. Absolutely, they've got these kind of like padded wooden sections almost now. I think I think they may be padded, maybe not. Maybe they're just wood. Yeah. But I, like, I always like from the entrances as well the um, the lighting effect, the spotlight with like the oh. the, the top of the top of the venue cam. It's Absolutely. like oh my word, I'm looking at like um, a slot machine. It's it's like they've developed the production level for this chamber match. This is the third chamber match I think they did because they did Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and then this one, isn't it? Yeah, because the second one was when with Goldberg in it. Was it? I think the first one's Sean. Isn't the second one the Edge one? Was that the fourth one? That's the fourth fourth one. But Edge didn't after Edge this. Didn't cause... Ca- Edge cashed in after a chamber, didn't he? Because I think he lost the first one, yeah. and he cashed in. After the second in 2006. Oh, so yeah, they do the two on one night, don't they? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get in there. We've got some lo- logic. <laughs> Not, sorry, knowledge. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. So uh, Edge is out. Uh, the metal flooring that surrounds the ring is just, it looks so brutal to bump on. It looks like viciously bad. Um, and I guess a bit worse here because literally everyone is fucking bleeding, including Triple H, who is uh, bleeding on his nose. Strange place to bleed. Well, it's the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> what is the nose? biggest part of the face? <laughs> <laughs> quadruple down, not a double down, a quadruple down. And Randy Orton comes in. 
He's a house of fire. But let's be honest. He's not really over as a face. He's very much a natural heel. Yeah. It the the face run did not work for him, and you could see that this was one may suggest a political bit, but that's um oh, what's the um what's the program? Was it Ruthless Aggression on the WWE network and they covered the I Randy Orton face? Ruthless aggression. But yeah, go on. <laughs> but they, they covered that and um you know, Randy Orton just didn't listen. So the the switch to the face and having Triple H shit all over him, you know, it, the fans aren't going to buy it either. And that's that's yeah. how it went. You can understand what they did. They made Evolution like any good stable. You try and make stars out of the stable. Um, <laughs> the problem is they're all natural heels. So it's like, what do you do? <laughs> anyway, so... Um, Benoit reverses an RKO into a crossface. Amazing moment of Benoit trying to tap Randy Orton with Triple H taunting Randy Orton to his face until Benoit goes, well, fuck you. And then just grabs Triple H instead. <laughs> I'm like, I know Benoit did some horrible shit, et cetera, et cetera. But this was a fucking great spot. Didn't see it coming either. Yeah. Really funny, entertaining, logical. Kept Benoit as this vicious, well, I was going to say killer then, but fucking hell, he literally is. Anyway, uh, finishes all around. Go on. Do you want to comment on that? Not what you said, no. <laughs> Good stuff, yep. Finishes all around until Edge misses an RKO. Uh, I'm, I'm just, just thinking about that line I said now and how much I very much regret it. Anyway, finishes all around until Edge misses uh, Randy Orton with a spear and takes out Shawn Michaels. Edge, pissed off, slaps around the referee Shawn Michaels. Sweet chin music. Lion shot by Jericho eliminates Edge. Uh, first to go. It will only be a year or two before he's the top guy in the company, pretty much. So it's interesting seeing this progression. Set up a nice little feud of Edge Angle. Uh, sorry, Edge HBK before we got HBK Angle at Mania 21. Absolutely, yep. Benoit does the dynamite headbutt off the top of the pod, and it's beyond awkward. Um, it's, it's an amazing spot to see, but knowing what we know, it's very difficult to watch. Yeah, it's I, d- I, can't, I can't take it anymore, unfortunately. No, no. It's a really cool moment after it where Jericho locks in the walls and Benoit locks in the crossface. Uh, the crowd are going absolutely crazy. But after a bit of ref not being able to unlock the pod, Batista finally jumps in for the save with Triple H. It's uh, it's awkward, this bit. It's what? A minute? A bit schmozzy. Of Mike Yoda trying to undo the padlock and get Batista out the cage. He, he And that's the thing at this time. With him being pushed as the top babyface... They were, you know, I know it wasn't for our tastes at this time. And I know you said this was like the time it turned you off. Mm-hmm. But based on the reactions, they were creating a star. And they did create a star. They created a main event level talent who drew money and then fucked off to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu, eh? So uh, Big Dave press slams Jericho onto the camera op at ringside. Uh, very bad blood 1997 style here. But it's... um. You would have thought they'd done more with it. Because at Bad Blood 997, it's an excuse to open the door so Sean can go up onto the cell and they can be knocked off of it. And the only like action this has afterwards is that Ric Flair can get in to turn, do a bit of a distraction right at the end of the match. But correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that front door just open anyway? I think yeah, I think it's locked shut and then they unlock it to let the eliminated competitors out. That's okay. the only purpose of the lock. Why did they do the cameraman spot? 
What, to have him inside the cage? No, no, to have him... You know how Jericho um, gets picked up by Batista and he gets thrown onto the cameraman, which you see the cameraman sells? Oh, purely just for a spot. Yeah, I there's, mean, there's the no footage logic. is quite cool. Yeah, has its moments, I guess, but... I just I wanted them to do more with it and they didn't, which I thought was a bit of a shame, but it is what it is. Um, Triple H has bladed his forehead as well as his nose now. So there you go. He missed um, his nose. He must yeah. be blind. I think my delivery on that line was terrible. Let's carry on. Batista with a spine buster to Benoit. And then spine busters Jericho onto Benoit for the one, two, three. Batista eliminates Benoit. And we can all kind of take a bit of a breath and just try and enjoy the match now. Um, JR is putting over Batista very, very hard on commentary. They've obviously got a line here, and it's let's make Batista a star. And I think they do a good job of it. JR's invested fully in this match, even from start to finish. And as you said at the beginning for his going into the the vignette before it, JR is the star of this chamber match. Hmm. I want to... um, it's, it's, it doesn't need it doesn't need me to fucking say anything, but I want to shout out Batista here. Um, doing a lot of good work on social media recently. Good, good man. Later, I'd, he had some horrible things said about him as a younger man, but he seems again to be reformed and is uh, shouting out the right causes at the right times. Now, I appreciate you, man. And um, also, when I was sat in my office yesterday, um, he's on the side of a bus, and I just looked up out the window, and there's just this big mug of Dave Batista. Like, <laughs> what the fuck's Batista doing in my office? Oh, it's just in my window. <laughs> cool stuff man so batista bomb to jericho one two three batista eliminates jericho as well you can see they're really trying to make him a star here uh, i remember young rich watching this live being very upset at this current situation of only having batista triple h and randy orton left but jaded old man rich was really enjoying this the perfect story the perfect end yeah it's i have my reservations about this time period specifically levels of racism and shit like that but the storytelling here it's so so good as i said leaves batista triple h and randy orton left in the cell in the cell so i keep saying cell you know what i mean the chamber the chambert <laughs> chambert mon ami ça va yeah oui <laughs> Uh, Orton tries to survive the beatdown from uh, his former stablemates, including kicking out of a Stan Hansen-esque lariat by Triple H. It's genuinely fucking awesome. Do you know the bit I mean? Yeah. Any And just that lariat. Again, it's said purely for an audio, but I'm doing chef kisses. (laughs) It's beautiful. The way he swings his arm in a way that looks devastating, but you know the guy taking it is barely feeling it. It's proper pro wrestling is prime triple h is perfection so good so good man like the more we watch triple h the more i'm like yes he was a bit of a cunt to people and buried people he shouldn't have buried and stuff like that but as in ring and on the mic and psychology wise i think triple h might be one of the very best of all time he doesn't get mount rushmore purely because of well he's, he's he didn't leave yeah as he's always been around, people don't ever crave to see him come back for one more match because he's always there. Yeah. But his work around this time period and the years prior and a couple of years post this as well, I'd say he is the prime, the pinnacle. And you can see why they just put the belt on him and left the belt on him for such a long time. Like like the classic artist mentality, he certainly wasn't appreciated in his time. Yeah. 
I, I don't absolutely agree with that. I didn't appreciate it this time. I was a big fan in 98, 99 of Triple H, but at this point, I was like, oh, just put the belt on, you know, Jeff Hardy or someone. Triple H, H when for. he switched from tights to trunks was the time. I was like, Triple H is the man. Yeah, absolutely. But as you said, that, w- that wasn't this time period. No. Low blow by Randall Keith Orton to Batista. Uh, for the one, two, three, and Orton eliminates Batista, but that is not the real story here. The real story is how Triple H could have broken up that pinfall, saving his stablemate Batista, but instead decides to fall back into the corner and let Batista be eliminated. What Fuck. a dick. What a brilliant set of storytelling. So much fun. They set it up all night. I remember not being sure whether it was going to happen or not. And to deliver like that in a way that keeps you interested, fucking perfection. When you're looking at this match and you're now half an hour in to still have the fans as hot and as interested and actually having story in a match, it's not a match for the sake of match sakes. It's There's main event connotations because you're going to crown a champion, but you're also planting seeds for different storylines and lots of layers for all the part for all the players involved really clever yeah every every elimination every moment every finish every sequence every eye contact it all means something it makes sense it has context and meaning and this is what modern professional wrestling is fucking missing anyway rko to triple h flare in to distract Shawn michaels sean beats the shit out of flair here it's fucking great <laughs> Um, as the referee just like beating the fuck out of Ric Flair must be such a laugh you know (laughs) Um, Flair sells it so well he's so good anyway Batista clotheslines the hell out of Randall Keith Orton on his way out of the cage pedigreed by Triple H to Orton for the one two three so Batista after being betrayed by Triple H behind his back has helped Triple H to beat Orton in the main event and to crown Triple H as the world heavyweight champion. In 2005, Triple H wins fucking everything. We've got this terrible white meat, badly tattooed roid monster era that we're, but that match was a shitload of fun. <laughs> Great storytelling. Even the as Batista celebrates with his stable mate Triple H, you were in on the storyline, but he's not. Which is classic cinematic like storytelling plot device and it's like why the fuck do we not use this anymore it's so why didn't we use a different wrestler <laughs> <laughs> maybe so man mark jindrak could have been the man <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to say on this probably the best elimination chamber match there ever has been um I don't know why, but that tag team one, the really recent one, comes to mind because I thought it was so much fun. So silly, like with um, the big guy running through the pod all the way to the outside. Oh, Otis running through. That spot was fucking genius. I remember piercing myself laughing how good that was. But that's the thing. It's spot, not storytelling. (laughs) Exactly. Like in terms of spots, there's better matches. But as a story, as a plot device, as getting from A to B through C while D is invading E or whatever you want to talk about. It's 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 so good. It's great. Really, really fun. How would you rank this overall? How do you mean? Cornflake-wise. Um, cornflakes for the show, it's it's probably a two. 
it's unfortunate because the first two matches have those injuries. And um, I'd agree with two cornflakes. If it was just purely on the chamber, I'd go four cornflakes. The yeah. chamber is a four cornflake match to me, but the whole show is a two, which goes to show how bad the rest of it is when it pulls down the cornflake average. Yeah, the chamber brings it from a one to a two for me. Like this is a one show all over. It's bad and racist and sexist and everything else. Like the worst of WWE during this time period. But this last match, it just is so gratifying to see. I just, again, I wish they had a bit more variation in who they've got in the match. That's the only problem I have with it, really. I enjoyed it, though. It was, it was, it was fun. And as you said, it was something that in the current climate, it was ridiculous to watch. Yeah, absolutely. There is one little bit that I just realized I didn't mention. Did you catch the little reference at the end with the Evolution guys? so i'll say it and you'll probably realize immediately so batista lifts triple h up on his shoulders ah yes and then batista and flair turn to each other and both give themselves the thumbs up very clever that sweet little callback as we fade to like you know the title graphic and it fades out or whatever to the whole orton being dumped from revolution moment like really nice (laughs) considering that's gonna happen with Batista any day now, <laughs> you know it's ah, uh, it's really really clever. Yeah, yeah, fun card, uh, fun a uh, fun 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 bits to mock, controversial stuff to talk about. Main event was really good. We got to watch a William Regal match. Can't complain. What are we doing next next episode? Let me just check. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. Oh, it is that. Brilliant. So we were talking about doing a whole bunch of different stuff recently, but it's been such an intense week uh, that I actually went back one evening and just sat out in my garden and listened to a full one of our podcasts, like from back in the day that I remember was fun just because I wanted to make myself smile. And um, the show I listened to was the last Triple Mania show we did. Yes. Okay. Which again, I hate AAA. I hate having to watch it, but oh my God, is it fun to podcast about? So next week, we're going to do AAA Invading New York 2019 from Madison Square Garden. The show where they had the fucking arena of the immortals, the, the home of New York professional wrestling, the WWF, the WWE where they had about 20 people in the crowd. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. I flicked through this show when I first downloaded it. I mean, watched it on their streaming service, whatever. <laughs> Copyright's not illegal in Mexico. Exactly, yeah, fucking A. I- I'm so, so excited to watch this show because I know it's going to be fucking silly and shit. So yeah, it should make for a fucking awesome podcast. Cool. Uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out and touch you? I am at Fanboy Rich on the old Twitter machines. I'm at the Tex Williams across my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For those fakers, I don't have a Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> but WorldOfWrestlingPodcast.com is the best find, place to find all the links and all that sort of shit. Uh, World of Rest Pod on Twitter is also the, one of the best places to get in contact with both of us. Um, if you like what we do, make sure you like, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And again, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. That'd be very kind if you like what we do. Or if you hate us, don't leave a review because it fucks up the algorithm. 
Yeah, that'd be good. Thanks. And if they hate it and they've got this far into the podcast, I would suggest that they should do something else with their time. <laughs> um, and also throughout the uh, t-shirts are back up and running now. So you want to go to Amazon.com. I'm sorry, Amazon.co.uk. Search World of Wrestling Podcast. You can buy a t-shirt. We'll get some new designs up there eventually. I know I promised that for about half a year now, but I will get there one day. The man is a busy man. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll put a note down so I actually do it. There we go. All right, so uh, thank you everyone for listening. I know it's been an absolute fucking horrible time, especially in the world of professional wrestling, but this has been a lovely escape for me and I hope it has been for everyone else. And, you know, if you want to vent, do a podcast, go talk. It's good for you. It really makes me feel better every week, man. And I really appreciate you doing this with me every single week, dude. I adore it. And hopefully for our next show, bit of AAA. All spots, no nonces. That's what the episode will be called. <laughs> we'll be off to the races. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you very much Bye-bye. for listening. Hope you all take care of yourselves.